Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk All Around Sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 465th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Florida to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Before we get into the amazing NFL playoff weekend, best ever, I want to start with my highlight of the week, which is the PGA show starting tomorrow in Orlando. It's the largest gathering of the golf industry with thousands attending. I will be attending, heading up this afternoon, and really looking forward to it. It's first time uh, in two years. We'll be seeing a lot of the people. Uh, Of course, it was called off last year due to COVID, uh, the in-person PGA show, and there's just nothing quite like it. I've had the pleasure to attend many over the years, and uh, anybody who's... Everybody who's anybody uh, in the golf industry is uh, attends this event and just really looking forward to it. Uh, it happens every year, this time of year, typically the last week of January. And so it's going to be great. The uh, In past years, they've had thirty to 40,000 attendees. It'll be interesting to see how many will be there this year. Uh, but there's no doubt going to be thousands. So can't wait and look forward to reporting all about it uh, on next week's show. Well, that leads into my low light of the week, which is the Tampa Bay Bucks losing to the L.A. Rams yesterday after a dramatic comeback. They actually pulled, uh, pulled in late to tie them. I was there. At Ray J, as Raymond James Stadium is known, it's my first ever in-person game with the Bucks, and what a game! Uh, certainly, well, the second half, Tom Brady uh, was Tom Brady in the second half, and again they actually brought it to twenty-seven twenty-seven. Uh, the place was beyond electric as the comeback was occurring, and the Rams were. Uh, basically committing turnovers to allow the Bucks to even have a chance. The Rams at one point had a 27-3 lead. Felt a little familiar to the 28-3 lead the Falcons had in the Super Bowl back in the day. And Brady, of course, come back in the greatest comeback in NFL postseason history, certainly in, uh, in a Super Bowl. And for them to pull even and then 
for it to end like it did. It was just so shocking. Uh, I'm, of course, referring to the Rams getting the ball back after the Bucks tied it at 27. And two passes later to Cooper Cup, they were lining up for a walk-off field goal, which was certainly the theme of the weekend. It was all walk-offs, all four divisional playoff games. And former Buck, Matt Gay, of course, made the field goal to win it, 30-27. to And a very, very disheartened Bucks crowd uh, exited the stadium. Of course, I was among them, and it was just uh, quite depressing, to put it mildly, uh, especially when you look at the fact that the Green Bay Packers lost on Saturday night. Uh, therefore, the Bucks, the winner of yesterday's game, was going to host the NFC Championship game this coming Sunday. Turns out it'll be the Rams hosting the 49ers. And, of course, everybody in Tampa, after last year's Road Warriors, all the games were on the road when they won the Super Bowl, except the Super Bowl, <laughs> which was the first ever uh, Super Bowl where uh, the team played in its home stadium, and of course the Bucks won it. So everybody was just feeling like it was uh, meant to be as this comeback unfolded, and you just have to ask the question, how could they let Cooper Cup, of all people, the best receiver in the NFL this year, not only uh, catch two, but one, but of course the big play was the long play down the middle. Uh, the Bucks went all out on a blitz. Apparently, there was some miscommunication on the play, so not everybody was on board uh, that they were doing an all-out blitz. That left Antoine Winfield Jr. alone, and Cooper Cup just raced right by him. Matthew Stafford, all credit to him, just laid it right in there. And again, next thing you know, they're lining up, and the game's over. And when everybody, and I mean everybody, myself included, was totally uh, excited for overtime. And we all know what Tom Brady typically does in overtime. So the fact we never got to that point is uh, uh, particularly depressing. Down here in Florida, it's hard to believe that the Bucks run is over. It's been a fabulous two years and just came to an absolute screeching halt yesterday. Um Leads into my bizarre story of the week, which is simply all four divisional round playoff games were ended in walk-offs. The first three were walk-off field goals, and then the last game of the weekend, of course, the epic Kansas City Chiefs-Buffalo Bills game last night was just nothing short of amazing. I think they scored 25 points in the last Two minutes of the game, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes just went head-to-head. They were both nothing short of amazing. And, uh, you know, Josh Allen, what he did with his running and whatnot, converting fourth downs, uh, throwing dimes into the end zone, the lead changes. It was, again, among the best two minutes in the history of the NFL. Never seen anything quite like it, of course, what everybody's talking about and thinking about is the Bills scored the go-ahead touchdown, which looked like the game winner, leaving the Chiefs only 13 seconds. Uh, and in that time, they moved down the field and kicked a tie.
tying field goal, sending the game into overtime. Chiefs win the toss, go right down the field. Travis Kelsey catches it on the sideline in the end zone, and game over. But all credit to uh, the Bills and Josh Allen. They were just amazing what they did. Um, to put it mildly, and Patrick Mahomes just continues to be amazing. Um, but to see those two head-to-head uh, late on a Sunday night was just spectacular theater, uh, really quite unlike anything we have ever seen. Um, you know, the amount of points, I believe it's an NFL postseason record for a uh, number of points scored in the final two minutes of a playoff game. Um, just incredible. Of course, this was all preceded by Saturday, where the Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals, bungles no more, upset the number one seed Tennessee Titans in Nashville. Joe Burrow is just amazing. Uh, and that was a great game as well. And uh, then Saturday night uh, was just an absolute classic uh, up in Green Bay, where Jimmy Garoppolo, who all Patriot fans still love, myself included, uh, from his days uh, on the bench behind Tom Brady. And uh, so he uh, just did what he had to do. And the block punt was the key play of the game, of course. Aaron Rodgers uh, going home again. They they were the number one seed, the Packers, as we all know. And hard to believe that Aaron Rodgers is done and out of the playoffs after one game. Um, the 49ers, they, they were the worst nightmare for the Packers to have to face. It was cold, got snowy in the second half, so great theater to boot. And again, just, uh, you know, an amazing ending, uh, to put it mildly. So... All four games, again, among it's the best NFL divisional weekend ever. There is no question. There is no doubt. Um, it's unanimous. And uh, I feel fortunate to have had the opportunity to attend one of the four games over the weekend uh, with the Bucks game. And uh, now we have the matchups all set. The Los Angeles Rams will be hosting the 49ers this Sunday. Don't forget, a couple weeks ago, the 49ers came from down 17 nothing in SoFi Stadium, the Rams' new palace, and uh, came back. They had to win that game to get in the playoffs. They did. And uh, here we go again with those two. And, of course, everybody still remembers how SoFi Stadium felt like a home game for the 49ers with so many San Francisco fans there. Uh, of course, right down the Pacific Coast Highway to L.A., so it'll be interesting to see how many 49ers fans show up this Sunday. Of course, the Super Bowl is going to be played in SoFi Stadium, uh, the Rams' home stadium. So theoretically, uh, if they win the game this Sunday, they'll be at home for the Super Bowl. It would be two years in a row and after 50-plus years of it never happening. But... To say the least, the Rams uh, are going to have their hands full. 49ers, again, are physical. They're beasts. And uh, and I'm sure they're the, also, you know, 
the last team the for the Rams want to see, but in the same light, the Rams really faced their stiff test yesterday and, and won to their credit. And I think they'll be a little more uh, ready than they were for the last game. And then the AFC, we of course have the uh, we have the Bengals traveling to Kansas City. I think it's four years in a row. The Chiefs have hosted the AFC Championship game. Pretty amazing. Uh, might be a record actually. And uh, so, can the Bengals keep it going? They are on a roll. They keep saying, especially Joe Burrow, and I love it. Uh, you know, this is not the beginning of something. This is the something. They're in it. They expect to win it. They've already won two playoff games, beating the Raiders and, of course, the number one seed Titans. And so there's no intimidation factor, I don't think, going in. And uh, fascinating team with the, uh, the Bengals and what they're doing. And the Chiefs are the Chiefs. So it's, uh, it is going to be great theater as well. See if, again, can the Bengals keep it going? That is the question. I think we all know what we're going to get with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. They showed everything uh, we need to see uh, yesterday, and it was just, uh, you know, tremendous theater. Uh, still just can't stop talking about all four games, but especially, uh, you know, last night's just epic ending to the Bills and the Chiefs. So now let's take our break, and next up is our call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Variety channel. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too. Listen for Bravehearts Radio Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. 
This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing very well, John. Thank you for having me on the show. And thank you, as always, for calling in. And during the break, we were discussing the amazing NFL Divisional Weekend, four playoff games. Everyone was a walk-off and easily the greatest weekend ever uh, in the NFL postseason. I don't think anybody can argue that. And AP, during the break, we were talking about the Tampa Bay Bucks game. I course attended as i mentioned in the first segment and ap it was a wild game and when the bucks tied the game at 27 and rams got the ball with 40 seconds everybody was waiting for overtime and two cooper cup catches later and a walk-off field goal and we're we're all headed home crazy ending like they all were yeah john it was amazing to watch the evolution of that game where the Tampa Bay, um, the Los Angeles Rams were ahead by far, and especially that first half when they fumbled, Cam Akers fumbled on about the one-yard line prior to the halftime whistle, and they, they were fixing the, you know, they were going to add a, add to that lead and make it substantial, and th- that was the turning point. And then at the end, Cam Akers fumbled again giving them an opportunity, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from about the 30-yard line for the tying touchdown, which they did. And then there's 40 seconds left on the game clock, and uh, Cooper Cup uh, gets open down the field twice for big yards. And the kicker, who formerly played for Tampa Bay, I think was drafted by Tampa Bay or signed by Tampa Bay, comes in for the winning field goal. Matt Gay. Uh Again, kicked the winning field goal. And, yeah, AP, it was just uh, utterly, you know, remarkable, so quick. Of course, Bucks came with an now, Ill, now as we know, ill-advised, uh, ill-advised all-out blitz. And uh, Matt Stafford, to his credit, read it. Cooper Cup, you know. Uh, just went right down the middle of the field, caught the long bomb, and I mean that was it. It just was so quick. It was just stunning. 
again, everybody was just uh, getting so excited for overtime. You come all the way back, down 27 to 3 at one point. And trust me, Bucks <laughs> fans were in disbelief, myself included. And uh, for them to come back to, to that, and the Rams were just giving them chance after chance after chance so many times in the fourth quarter. It was just, if not the third quarter, if not earlier, it just seemed like it was over. And yet uh, the Rams just kept leaving the door open. And the Bucks, to their credit, they didn't cash in on all of them, but they cashed in enough to tie the game. And uh, it was utter uh, mania in the stadium, to put it mildly. It, it was just an incredible scene. And, <laughs> you know, and it was just like, here we go, Tom Brady in overtime. And everybody knows how that typically turns out. But again, all credit to the Rams. I mean, you, you know, uh, they just got the ball and went right after it. They did not, you know, there was no chance of them, you know, playing for overtime, kneeling, anything like that. Uh, so, yeah, it was, again, a very disappointed Bucks crowd uh, filing out of the stadium, to put it mildly. Uh, but uh, great game, just a great game. And it was just, uh, you know, a pleasure to be there, to say the least. Uh, and, oh, by the way, the Bucks, you know, great presentation, great stadium to watch a game in, my first time there and for a game. And, of course, you and I were at Media Day back in 2009 at Bucks Stadium. Do you remember that? I, I guess so. Yeah, I guess we were there. I, I kind oh, of forgot, certainly. John. That was my only other trip inside AP. You and I were there for it was the Steelers Cardinals Super Bowl, the one that Santonio Holmes caught the winning touchdown pass. But we were there on Media Day. You and I that Tuesday in 2000. It was a 2009 season, so I guess it would have been 2010. But yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, so a lot of memories. Uh, I was thinking of you yesterday when I walked in the stadium for, again, the second time ever, but this time for a game. And uh, right. uh, just really fun, you, you know. Uh, the sun came out and the weather was it turned out beautiful, perfect football weather, like 58 degrees and sunny. And, uh, yeah, just really uh, just an epic game. Um, only to be exceeded, AP, last night by the Bills – Chiefs instant classic to put it mildly uh, that ending is something I'll never ever forget and nobody else will 25 points scored in the final two minutes of regulation I believe it was uh, just back and <laughs> forth and stuff you just can't explain but it all comes down AP to the 13 seconds Bills took the lead parent go ahead touchdown 13 seconds left on the clock and they're kicking off to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and you just think, well, that's, you, you know, everybody thought it's just impossible. You, you can't, you right. just can't get, you know, you can't get in position in 13 seconds. And now, yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, you're speaking about, they needed a, I think it was in the neighborhood of 50 yards, John. Yes, they had to go around, to certainly 40 plus, goal. if not and 50. Yeah, and you're thinking there's no way they can get 50 yards in two plays, and the other team knows uh, that's the the dire straits of of that offense at this at that moment. Exactly, and you know, of course, there's a lot of chatter. You know, no different than the Bucks and letting Cooper Cup run wide open. A big narrative immediately was that the Bills should have kicked the ball 
forcing them to return it, so to speak, uh, rather than right. cooking it deep. No time comes off the clock, and literally, they start with 13 seconds, which again is even when I say it, it's like still hard to believe they did what they did in 13 seconds. And uh, but yeah, that's the chatter that if they just squib kicked it, whatever you want to call it, kept it in the field of play. The Chiefs have to field it, and at least a couple seconds come off the clock, and it would have mattered, obviously. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. uh, but they didn't. Yes. No, but John, you can also look at it. What if they squib kicked it and they pitched it back to number ten uh, Hill or some other speedy return person they have on the Kansas City Chiefs, and he went forty yards or something? I mean, right? You're making a lot of ever. assumptions in that if you squib kick it, squib. Uh, you know, squib kick it, and maybe Kansas City has a plan for the squib kick. I agree, AP. You know, I, I put it this way, when it occurred, and, you know, they just kicked it out of the end zone, and, of course, you know, no time comes off the clock, and they get the ball at the 25, as usual, and you still think 13 seconds, no way. So, you know, I was not thinking that at the time. It, that's a classic one to think of in hindsight, and you just described why. Um but I found, you know, as great as Mahomes was, you know, we've come to expect it. Nothing shocks us anymore with him. Uh, but I thought what Josh Allen did, in those final couple drives where he hit, you know, where he like running for, uh, where the, he converted fourth downs, uh, one for an amazing fourth and 13. Uh, he was running, he was passing, converting third long, you know, converting touchdowns. It was just remarkable. And then, as you said, number 10, Tyree Kill, boy, uh, if there were ever any doubt about how fast he was, they were all, <laughs> they were all answered <laughs> with his performance yesterday, especially late, especially that one play where he went running down, and of course, waved his arm around the 10 yard line as he's just blowing by people like goodbye. So that was amazing too. So, right. Uh, great theater. Oh yeah. He's, yeah, super fast. I mean, and super quick. Fast. The quickness is what gets you not. You know, the speed is one thing. The quickness, you can't put your hands on them. You can't Correct. catch them to put your hands on them, which is the most difficult thing. I mean, you just, you know, elusive and uh, so difficult to get a, a good shot at them. Um, but I don't know. I just, yeah, people make make a fuss about the 13-second gesture. I understand more. Time would come off, but nothing was going to stop Kansas City from returning the football with a squib kick as well. Correct. Absolutely. I think a lot of people were calling for that, thinking it might have just simply taken up, whatever, four to six seconds, and, you know, they stop them theoretically, and and, and the Chiefs just simply don't go for it because it, at that point it's impossible if there's seven, eight, maybe even nine seconds left. Then – Likely, they're kneeling on it, more than likely. Uh, they don't want to make a bonehead play themselves in that position. Uh, but again, it's hindsight, AP. It's so easy. You know, I, when, I, when they kicked it out of the end zone, I didn't question anything, not even for a brief second. Um, like, why did they do that? They should have squibbed it. And everybody else felt the same way because we all felt it was impossible to get in field goal range in 13 seconds, period. It's just that simple. So, but they did. Right, right. They did. Yeah, but they they did. They they had some some timeouts, John. Right? Didn't they have some timeouts? So they did. You know, what, maybe yes. they got the ball at the 
maybe if they returned it to the 35, you get a long pass over the middle and you call the timeout, uh, you know, that could have worked as well. So I, I just don't, I'm not willing to accept the premise that they would have squib kicked it and the ball would have been at the 15. I, I don't, I don't buy that argument because I think right. Kansas City, Andy Reid's such a good coach. He had a plan for a squib kick. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. AP, the other game we have to touch on, uh, of course, is Aaron Rodgers again. Uh, they don't protect the number one seed, and that game ends uh, with the 49ers beating the Packers, and Aaron Rodgers go ho- goes home again when it was all lined up, number one seed, game in Lambeau, Saturday night, cold, all of it. Yet he couldn't get it done. And here he does, here he sits again with just simply one Super Bowl, which is kind of hard to believe given his remarkable talents and the way it was really felt lined up this year. They were the best team all year long, period. Uh, but what, right. what were your thoughts and, on that one? Yeah, John, I mean, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I like the way he plays the quarterback position. Yeah, he, Me too. He can make some mistakes, but I, I, I like the way he throws the ball and his touch and uh, the way he leads the team. He just seems unflappable at times. He's playing in the cold weather. Now, he played where at Eastern Illinois, so he's familiar with some cold weather, so that was an advantage for him. You know, wasn't that he was a warm-weather quarterback. But the other thing about Aaron Rodgers, he's a a quarterback like, what, Doug Williams, Joe Namath, uh, Trent Dilfer. uh, who, Who else has won one Super Bowl in their career. Aaron Rodgers, for all those MVP seasons and the yardage and the spectacular plays, he's in that category of one Super Bowl. Kenny Stabler, I'm trying to think of some other quarterbacks. Mark that had, Rippin. Uh, Mark Rippin. From okay, the right, Mark Rippin, right, Mark Rippin. Yeah. yeah so, uh, one, one, did, did Brett Favre, he won two or one, John? One. Yep. One, right? Yep. So against the Patriots. I mean, yep. Right. I remember against, I remember it was against the Patriots because they had Reggie White and he was manhandling the, 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 the tackles on the outside at two or three sacks that game. Yeah. And, That's exactly uh, right, AP. But anyway, yeah, Desmond, I mean, uh, was it Desmond Howard? Wasn't he an MVP in one of those games or something? That, we got. that was the game, AP. Had, I believe, a long kick that return. Was game, right. Yeah, yeah, so one Super Bowl. No, he's in that category. He is AP. The, the the facts speak for themselves. I mean, he uh, only one Super Bowl appearance to boot. You know, and he won it to his credit. They beat the Steelers in, I believe, 2011. Um, but again, for the talent uh, and all that, it just feels like there should be more. I, I'm not alone in that thinking, obviously, because uh, he does things I've never seen quarterback do in my lifetime. He's that talented and unique. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, he's very talented. No question. Oh, no question. Anyway, uh, that that was just great theater on Saturday night. AP, you know, just the you know when the snow started falling to go with the single digit temperatures, uh, Lambo on a Saturday night and in a close game. Uh, it was just really amazing to watch, and the 49ers just hung in there, hung in there, hung in there. They get the block punt, and boom, turns everything around, and and. Off they go to yet another walk-off victory. It was just remarkable to see. Yeah, John. I mean, when you're playing in that type of weather and you're you're 
a San Francisco, California team, yep. you do not know how the team will respond. I mean, they're all professionals. They played at colleges all across this country. Some of them are cold weather, but um, collectively, they're used to playing in weather that's not so frigid and Arctic-like. So you didn't know what was going to happen, and they have the advantage or the number one seed, and you're trying to take it away from them, and, and they did. I mean, they went on the road and beat the Cowboys and then Green Bay as well. Yes, road warriors like last year's Bucks and many other before it, the 2005 Steelers, uh, on and on and on. But, yeah, AP, uh, and before we go to break, you know, the Bengals pulled it out, knocked off the number one seed Tennessee Titans. Uh, you know, in another impressive showing for Joe Burrow, who you know very, so well playing at LSU and you cover Alabama and yeah. the SEC in general. And, boy, they're, they're, it's just amazing what they're doing, too. So they're off to Kansas City for the AFC Championship game. Yeah, Joe Cool and his, his uh, dynamic receiver from LSU, Jamar Chase. I mean, that's yep. quite a combination. and. Oh yeah, they have the big receiver from Clemson as well, and good tight end, and Joe Mixon, running back. That's that's some pretty sweet offensive players, and to get to have to be set, what was it, nine or ten times? Nine times, rise from the turf, yeah, rise from the turf and throw for three hundred sixty-nine yards, I think, and on the road and win the ball game. Uh, highly impressive. Just amazing, really. Nine sacks. And, uh, oh, by the way, being, just to close it out here, uh, yeah, it was amazing how he just, like, got up, you know, and just kept going. Didn't even bo- seem to bother him. And then, uh, of course, Tom Brady, by the way, took a beating yesterday. I mean, I literally witnessed it in person, and it was a wow, especially in the first half, but throughout. Uh, yeah. Thought, yeah. Makes for a long day, that's for sure. And, uh, the way he hung in there and Bro hung in there uh, to both play so well uh, was really impressive. Um, way P, hard to believe we're at the end of our first segment together. And uh, why don't we take our first break and we're going to get into the College Football Hall of Fame, which we haven't gotten to in the past two weeks since it's been announced. But today's the day where we have some time to get into it and look forward to discussing that with you. After the break. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, 
voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready for a shakeup in your online entertainment? Then listen for the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. It's time to take a fresh look at the politics of our economy and its impact on you. Darren and his guests will explain these rights, legislation, and observations in sectors that affect people around the world every day. Imagine a podcast that makes you stop and think. That's the Information Edge. Tune in every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we're finally going to get to one of our favorite segments every year, which is the 2022 College Football Hall of Fame class. I'm looking at the list, and it reads like a who's who. It was announced recently at the... uh, uh, part of national champion college football playoff national championship weekend, but right off the bat, uh, alphabetical order is Lavar Arrington, linebacker, Penn State. As all of you listeners know, I'm a big Penn State guy, having grown up in the shadow of Beaver Stadium, and be down from there. AP, just reading down the list, we have Champ Bailey, uh, Kevin Falk, LSU, and of course New England Patriots, uh, Andrew Luck quarterback from Stanford and uh, so AP it's, it's just a who's who Michael Crabtree um, so many guys Marvin Jones from Florida State and uh, just on and on and on and I know you're very familiar with this Rashawn Salam running back at Colorado we all remember and AP it, it's just a who's who as it always is and what jumped out at you yeah, I mean, uh, a guy who was a dominating defensive player, which is very difficult from his position, was Roy Williams, defensive back, Oklahoma. Right. Right. Remember him well. Yeah, great player. He made, made a, well, a lot of highlights he had. Um, the one I remember the best was on the goal line. Texas had the ball on their own one-yard line, and Chris Sims went back to pass, I believe, and he leaped over the defensive line and the ball went into the air and they ended up with a touchdown somehow. Wow. Amazing. Um, yes, and they're all amazing. Uh, of course, for me, LeVar Arrington uh, continued the tradition of linebacker U at Penn State. He was a uh, he was Micah Parsons before Micah Parsons. Just that simple. <laughs> <laughs> 
and uh, and yes. you know he's now, by the way, a very very successful uh, sports talk radio host, and uh, certainly out of the Washington D.C. area. Of course, played for the Redskins. Uh, uh, back then, that was their name. Now, of course, they're the Washington football team. And by the way, they're apparently coming up with a new name here in the next couple of weeks that they're going to announce. But I digress. Um, but LeVar Arrington was a force, to say the least. And, uh, yeah, again, he, he just, uh, you know, continued the tradition of linebacker you at the highest level at Penn State. That's for sure. So, uh, a household name to be sure, and certainly worthy of the College Football Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, big award winner, John the Butkus Award, Big Merrick Award, finalist within the Gursky Lombardi. He was ninth in the Heisman. He was the first sophomore to be named the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. Wow, That's a, a unique, a, a unique honor uh, in and of itself. Uh, I think that. Uh, you know, he had size and range, and he could leap over the defensive line. I mean, that's how athletic he was as a, as a football player. And it's those types of linebackers you don't find every every on every corner. <laughs> that's for sure. Of course, another name that just jumps out at me is uh, Andrew Luck. Spectacular at Stanford, of course. Generational player. And uh, number one overall draft pick of the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, and he was just simply had an amazing college career and was on his way to an amazing NFL career. Of course, he just got hit so bad, so battered, and just walked away from the game a couple of years ago, as we know. Really haven't heard much from him since. Uh, just kind of sad how that all turned out in the NFL. But that doesn't take away from his remarkable college career and worthiness to be inducted into the college football hall of fame. That's for darn sure. No, I always liked him. He was tall in the pocket. He was strong, had a good arm, accurate arm, had a, an excellent grasp of the offense. And you, you always felt that Stanford had a chance to win as long as they played a little defense for him. Correct. Correct. Exactly. And, uh, of course, you and I both, you know, for me, it's a bit of a personal connection in that early in my career, I covered the West Virginia Mountaineers for a couple of years. And the quarterback at the time yeah. for West Virginia was, of course, Oliver Luck, Andrew's dad. Right. And he was a great quarterback himself, trust me. <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, so I've been watching the Luck family for most of my career and loved how it turned out uh, for Andrew having such a spectacular college career and Oliver Lux has of course uh, done well throughout his career, held many fascinating positions uh, uh, in the football world since then and an amazing family to say the least. Yeah, Oliver was out of Cleveland and I think uh, Andrew ended up playing high school ball in around Houston I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, played for the Houston Oilers, I think, at one time. Um, but uh, another name I was going to bring up, John, from uh, Alabama's perspective is Sylvester Kroon. Oh, yes. Um, he was he, from Tuscaloosa and was a, was a co-captain of the team. 
All-American, uh, 1974. He was their first African-American to play the center position. Interesting. And so he came in early, early with that group because the first player was in 71. So Sylvester came in 72 as a sophomore. And, you know, because the freshman couldn't play in 71. So he was there in 72 through 74. Had a number of different positions, ended up being All-American center and captain. At Alabama, co-captain at Alabama, ended up on the staff with Coach Bryant. And uh, so he was a legendary player being from Tuscaloosa and growing up there. So he's going into the Hall of Fame. And another guy I remember, uh, some people won't, but Chuck Ely of Toledo. I just remember him having an undefeated team, maybe one or all the year, something like that, a long winning streak, Chuck Ely, Toledo. Oh, yeah. Yes, I remember that name well. Absolutely. And AP, just to close out the segment here, of course, I have fond memories of Kevin Falk with the Patriots. Uh, he was just had an amazing career, made so many big plays, uh, major contributor early on to the dynasty. When Brady was a young quarterback, he was one of Brady's outlets at the time. Um, and... I'm sure you probably remember him at LSU. He's a legend there, to be sure, uh, which is why he's in the College Football Hall of Fame, obviously. Oh, yeah, very good player, Kevin Falk. Yeah, he was one of the top recruits coming out of high school and went to the home state university, LSU, and did everything you could imagine on a football field, catch the ball, um, be a running back, a kick returner, uh he was what uh, he was a, a winner for that Bengals program for sure. Oh, no doubt about it. Yes, we all knew Kevin Falk uh, when he was playing for LSU. He was that good of a player. He was just uh, again in, in his era, just a household name. Everybody knew about him because he, uh, you know, was such an electric player and uh, and wonderful to see he made it. Well, AP, it's time for our final break. So, still have a few more things to get to, which we'll do. On the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to Melody Edmondson's The Space of the Waste radio program. 
This companion piece to her successful guidebook series, The Space of the Waist, focuses on body types and how to make your waist length flattering, no matter what your body type is. Guests include designers, merchandise managers, factory owners, and more. You'll also find out what accessories will complement your body shape and waist length. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show voice america listeners welcome back to the fourth and final segment of all around sports i am your host john inglesby and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And, a- and before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is NFL Championship Sunday. This coming Sunday, six days from now, where, of course, it'll be the Bengals facing the Chiefs in Kansas City and the Rams hosting the 49ers in SoFi Stadium, the new palace in Los Angeles where the Super Bowl will be held. So AP uh, should be two more great games if they come even close to what we witnessed this past weekend. I think uh, the football-watching world would be pretty darn happy because that was just uh, four walk-offs this past weekend. Uh, It's going to be tough for an encore for that one, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't think there's any encore for uh, the death of four teams in one weekend. Uh, that 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 close of a ball game that I've never seen anything like it. It was, I think, the, the historically the best ever uh, on a weekend in the NFL with those divisional playoff games. And uh, it would be it's going to be interesting to see if the 49ers can continue to beat the Rams. Yep, very um, interesting. That's that's probably. I wonder what, you know, if that's an unprecedented streak in that series. And, and then, of course, Kansas City with their quarterback and, and Joe Cool from Cincinnati coming to, uh, you know, staying in the Midwest and, and see if he can upset Kansas City on their home turf. No easy task, that's for sure. No, both games look fascinating. Of course, I'm particularly interested in Jimmy Garoppolo having given his years with the Patriots and I'm a longtime season ticket holder, so everybody in New England likes Jimmy G. I said that earlier in the show. Wish him well, to say the least. And AP, it's a bit of an upside-down world where Jimmy G is going to the championship game and Tom Brady isn't. (laughs) And they're both in the same conference. (laughs) Oh, by the way, I I didn't even mention this, AP. The anticipation level of myself and Patriots Nation in general, of course the Bucs, but Patriots in particular – we were going to have, you know, if the Bucks win yesterday, they're hosting the 49ers, and it's Jimmy G versus Tom Brady. It's the teacher right. versus the student, and what a delicious matchup that would have been. And uh, that was one of the underlying themes, especially from a 
New England point of view. Unfortunately, it's not going to happen, but boy, that would have been really some special stuff there, to put it mildly. Yeah, I think you would have had quite a few people enjoying that ball game, or now it's just a West Coast affair. Right. I'm not sure, I mean, other than the normal reason to watch an uh, NFC Championship game, that you'll get that fringe uh, amount of people that from New England, let's say, watching the ball game to to see if Jimmy G can beat Tommy B. Exactly, exactly. Um, well said. Well, what might have been? That would have been a really, really fun one that would have, uh, I can assure you, raised the ratings in New England in a big way. Uh, that would have been fascinating from, again, New England point of view. But not to be. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be, uh, you know... A near impossible task, it feels like, after what we witnessed last night to beat Kansas City and Mahomes in Kansas City. Uh, We shall see. Last team to do it, of course, was the Patriots with their epic overtime victory in Kansas Kansas City years ago. We all remember that one. Four years ago, I believe it was. And uh, one of Brady's greatest games ever. And uh, what goes around comes around, AP. Of course, there was a lot of. Uh, upset people that Patrick Mahomes never touched the ball in that overtime, as there were with a lot of upset people that Josh Allen never touched the ball last night in overtime. So, uh, again, the uh, comparisons never stop, do they? No, those are the rules, John. And yep. uh, the only way you can change the outcome is to play some defense. And that was the number one defense, Buffalo. Yep. And, you know, they had the opportunities to stop them to, to drive the 75 yards and also pick up the 50 yards to, to give them a shot with the field goal, the tying field goal. So you have the number one defense, and the number one defense could not produce uh, many times. That's it. Both defenses were gassed by the end of that game. That's for darn sure. Well, AP, uh, I want to thank you, as always, for calling in. Uh, making your great contributions. Uh, fun weekend to talk about, to say the least. Let's hope we have another one, even though it's only going to be one day. But, of course, uh, the Super Bowl is at stake. So, always a fun uh, NFL championship weekend uh, this coming Sunday. But, AP, thanks again. Great work. And, uh, and still a little bit more football left. So, let's enjoy the last few weekends. That's for sure. Hey, thank you, John. It was my pleasure. And thank you again, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.